the Gulls continue their terrific play against the not-Pacific Division. We'll talk about that and more on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade. I've been covering minor league hockey for about that long. I've been covering the goals, uh, helped out with Defend the Nest. I'm also currently the public address announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds, which play their games right here at Acrisure Arena. We've got a lot to get to today, and most of what we've got to get to is the last couple of games against the Iowa Wild and how they're still managing to get a lot of points against teams not in the Pacific Division. Now, the last time we talked, it was from here in this arena, that the San Diego Goals finally bested the Coachella Valley Firebirds. That took place last week, but how about the games right after that? Yeah, there was a lot to get to on those games, but I do have kind of a big takeaway from the last few games. And this is a common theme, not just with the goals, but kind of with the Ducks as well. And it's a pretty alarming trend, really more so for the goals. And just a little, just a little like weird thing I just noticed on the camera view. There we go. There's there's the goals flag. So there's the flags of all 32 AHL teams, but that one is the San Diego goals. Trust me. All right. Consistency within a game. The goals don't have it. The goals for the last few weeks have not really had what you would call a complete 60-minute game. This was evident on the first game against the Iowa Wild. This was extremely evident in the last game against the Iowa Wild where there were moments where they would either just not come out firing or they would kind of let off the gas and allow teams to come back. This is something that plagued the Anaheim Ducks for a long time under the coaching regime of Dallas Eakins, where the Ducks would take leads, they would be content with those leads, they would subsequently blow those leads, and they would subsequently lose games. That's something that was starting to happen with the San Diego goals as well. They would get a one-goal or a two-goal lead, two-goal lead, you know, the worst lead in hockey by far. And they would choke the leads away. This has happened several times over the recent past. That shows... I I don't know what exactly that shows if you're the goals. I mean, this plagues a lot of teams. But they're not prepared to play sometimes. And they are not ready to just go full like go full energy coming out of the intermissions this happened a few times against this same team a team that they should have beaten twice I mean I'll take three points against the Iowa Wild but this is the kind of series where they could have taken all four points and I'm more so griping about that second game the Saturday game against the Iowa Wild by the way, that was country night for those of you that went to Pachanga Arena. And by the way, if anybody has an extra Chase DeLeo bobblehead with this pet donkey, please let me know because those bobbleheads are amazing. Just got to put that out there. 
But on Saturday's game, the goals had a one nothing lead in the third period. They were fine to take that one goal lead and not try to score again after that. The Iowa Wild went completely BS crazy and then finally tied the game in the third and subsequently won the game. So here we go again. Ducks fans are familiar with me saying this. You ready for this? Blowing late leads. A bad, alarming trend. Not coming out at the start of periods. Oy, what is happening? Now, to be fair, it's not just this year's goals. It is last year's goals. It's the year before that. This, I wouldn't call an organizational problem, but it is a troubling trend to keep blowing these leads. I mean, that's something that goals fans got to be a little bit ticked off about. I know, speaking for myself, I'd be ticked off if I saw a team just blowing lead after lead after lead. I don't know what more to say to that. Uh, My other takeaway from this whole just a week is the goals right now, some guys are being given more responsibility because of injuries. The injury bug has affected the San Diego goals just like it's affected the Anaheim Ducks. I have a feeling that we're going to see some movement up and down in the coming weeks because a lot of Anaheim Ducks players are getting injured. A lot of, yeah, I know, a lot of goals players are getting hurt as well. Ben King, he recently got hurt and he underwent a facial procedure, so he wasn't available for this weekend's games. Jacob Perot, he is week to week, so he's going to be out for a little bit. He might be back by the All Star break or after the All Star break. So now with Ben King out, with Jacob Perot out, with Drew Hellison out, with Sasha Postajov out, that's already a few injuries and a few key injuries for this goals team that frankly doesn't need any more injuries. And that's kind of been the bad case for both the Ducks and the goals of the season. It's just been a slew of injuries. I listed those four for San Diego. Anaheim's injuries. They're piling up more and more and more and more. And pretty soon we're going to have guys on PTOs. Uh, Robert Haig, he just got called up to Anaheim. He was playing in San Diego. He was supposed to play this weekend's game in San Diego, but he got called up. So no, San Diego is barely playing with the full roster right now. Not a whole lot of healthy scratches on that side. So we'll see what happens with both teams in this upcoming little stretch of games. And I'll talk about those stretch of games after the first, actually after the second intermission, I'm going to talk more about the upcoming schedule because it is a pretty packed schedule for the goals coming up. All right. Heading to the first intermission, stay locked in. Now, a brief word from Jace Medical. All right. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but can we talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if, you know, someone that I knew got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. 
The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. And this stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician. And your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Let's talk about the last couple of games that took place at Pachanga Arena. These were a fun couple of games if you were a goals fan, and you definitely got your money's worth if you watched Friday's game because there was a whole lot of scoring going on early. If you arrived late on Friday, you missed a lot of the good action. Now, coming out, I don't know where the goals were coming out on Friday's game, but good lord, they were getting beat by everything. They were getting beat to 50-50 pucks. Iowa was out skating them. The goals were lucky. I mean, really effing lucky that Iowa only scored one goal to start the game, and that was a Caden Bankier goal to make it one nothing. And that was a super hard shot, too. So that was one nothing Iowa very early on. For some reason, San Diego was just getting outskated, outhustled. They were just outbeat. I, I don't know what happened there. And this was on like a four-on-four play that San Diego just kind of slowed down. Chase DeLeo, Olin Zellweger, they didn't look like they were clicking defensively right there. After that goal, San Diego kind of woke up and said, Oh, damn, we, we got to get going here. And get going they did because only a few minutes later, this was off a faceoff. And this was a set play, by the way. I want to talk about set plays for a quick second. San Diego has gotten very good at these kind of plays, in particular this season. Matt McIlvain has done a good job of employing setting good screens in front of the goalie right off of a faceoff draw and having players get into lanes that way the goalie cannot see the release of the shot and this is something that I've been I guess praiseworthy for the San Diego goals because by my count I mean they've had a few of these particular goals this one was where Glenn Godden won the faceoff and this was just a beautiful beautiful goal Godden won the faceoff Right to Nestorenko, and he rifles it home. That made it a 1-1 tie. Just a perfect, perfect set play. Goals and Ducks fans, if you want to see something that is textbook and something that, and for those of you kids watching, if you want to practice something, practice those set plays. And for me personally, like this goes to fundamentals. Win the faceoff. Get players into the lanes. Get players out in front of whoever's behind you. That way that goalie cannot see the release point. And that's probably most important. Is I don't think Zane McIntyre exactly caught the release point in time. Which allowed Nestorenko to get that shot right through him. I mean, the response was 
a little bit slow there. Still a very good goal, though. So Nestorenko made it a 1-1 tie off of a great set play. And then late in, late in the period, Chase DeLeo. This was off of a weird rush play, too, where um, Sukanik made the stop. And all of a sudden, on Sukanik's left side, you see a couple players collect the pucks. And the player that was um, getting the puck was Trevor Carrick, who got it to Tyson Hines. Tyson Hines was driving the play? Tyson Hines? Really? Yeah, if you can believe that. And he fed it perfectly to Chase DeLeo on the on the right side. And DeLeo just buried it. I mean, it was a perfect shot. Two to one San Diego goals. <laughs> ah, chef's kiss goal right there with just over a minute left in the period. Ooh, I, I got chills watching that one. That was a beautiful goal. Then in the second period, San Diego relaxed a little bit coming out of the break. I, I don't know what happened between the end of the first and the start of the second, but Sukanik had to make great stop after great stop. You know, he was just making save after save after save. He saved their butts. It probably should have been 2-2 two to two or 3-2 to two Iowa if not for the grand larceny from Thomas Sukanik. But he kept the goals with the one goal lead going into the third period and same thing happened again Iowa came out firing Sukanik had to save their butts but it was a very kind of bad fight not a fight but you know there was a very dangerous and bad play that took place late in the third period and I'm not going I'm not going to defend the goals player here this was a bad play Blake McLaughlin um was going after Simon Johansson on the forecheck. And he just, like, clocked him right into the boards. It was a super dangerous play. That's an easy five-minute major for boarding. I I completely understand why Brendan Miller just went berserk there. He only got two minutes for roughing with Travis Howe. But Blake McLaughlin, that, that was not a good play. I'm not going to call it a dirty play, but it was a bad play, and it was a bad board. That's an easy five-minute major. You cannot be going after guys and chase after them towards the boards. I mean, Simon Johansson, he was left in a kind of vulnerable position on the forecheck. Those kind of undisciplined, undisciplined plays should not happen. We've seen undisciplined plays in Anaheim, and that one in San Diego, that... <sighs> I can't defend it. I'm sorry, Gauls fans, but I cannot defend that play whatsoever. It was dangerous. It was reckless. And because of that penalty, the Iowa Wild scored on the five-minute major penalty. Jake Luchini scored his 10th of the season. And all of a sudden, we got a 2-2 game going into overtime. The Gauls could have won that game in the third. And that penalty was just a bad, bad mistake. Luckily for the San Diego Gulls, they came out in overtime and they were just going after it. Ryan O'Rourke did get a tripping penalty in overtime and the Gulls did have their chances late in overtime. Very late in overtime. And you know who came to the rescue? No one yet because it was still tied at the end of overtime. Then we go to a shootout. By the way, First shootout of the season. 
for the San Diego goals, if you can believe that. And on the shootout, this is where the entertainment really took place. Um, it was Samuel Walker versus Tommy Sakanik. And this was just a fast goal. Beat him glove side. one nothing Iowa early on. And then Nikita Nestorenko, he got it right back. Tied the shootout at one apiece. And this was just like a great little hesitation move. So that made it 1-1. After that, a kick save on... Oh, who was that second shot? Uh, Jake Lucchini. A kick save on his... So, still 1-1. Then Chase DeLeo. He shoots next. And he was stopped. He tried to go 5-hole. Didn't get it. Then, it was a blocker save from Suchanik off of Michael Milne. And then, Braden Tracy would be the hero of the night. Just kind of little, little flippy-flippy. Just over the leg of McIntyre. And that's the game. The crowd goes home happy. The goals win yet another game against a Midwest Division opponent. Final score, 3-2. to two. I realized that I talked about that game for a while and we're really ahead of time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of pivot. We're going to talk in a little bit of detail about the last game that took place on Saturday. And we will get to that on the other side. Now a word from Indeed, and if you need to hire, you need Indeed, because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches to compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey and it makes hiring all in one place so easy because you know you can look at resumes and it can be really slow and overwhelming but indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences and also 3.5 million businesses use indeed to hire great talent fast with instant match Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, which is under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez here live at Acrisure Arena. Sorry, Acrisure Arena, home of the Coachella Valley Firebirds. But we're not talking about the Firebirds today. We are talking about the San Diego Goals. There we go, the San Diego Goals. Let's talk about the game on Saturday. This was country night. Chase DeLeo bobblehead night. Again, if any of you guys, if sorry, if any of y'all were at the game and you have an extra bobblehead, please let me know. Email, comments, just let me know. Because that thing looked really amazing. Oh, Saturday's game. This, this was a frustrating one. This was really frustrating. Exact same lines. Callie Klang got the start. Sukanik, sorry, Sukanik was given the night off. Same injuries. 
And again, just a really, a really poor start for the San Diego goals. It could have been like 25 to 2 shots on goal in the first period. That's what it looked like. But San Diego kind of came alive towards the end of the first period. 11-8 shots on goal for San Diego. Second period, things were very even on shots, 9-9. This was kind of a weird period because there was much better defensive hockey. There was a little bit more consistency. There was some better five on five play from the San Diego goals. There was also, you ready for this? Another undisciplined penalty. You know what this undisciplined penalty is? You you know what this is? Ducks fans will know what this is. Too many men. The San Diego goals just like their NHL counterparts, the Anaheim Ducks, got nailed for too many men. Ay ay ay. However, they didn't get burned on that one. Score remained scoreless. Uh, the game remained scoreless at the end of two periods. Third period, Glenn Godden went short-handed on this goal. This was one that I think Iowa Iowa effed up on this one. The goals did commit a bad penalty in that period. This was the Nathan Gauthier holding penalty. So, Iowa's on the power play, right? Right. And of course, Glenn God would just get a loose puck. And this was a high-risk, high-reward power play for the Iowa Wild. They only had one defenseman back, and he just could not get back to Glenn Godden. And it was a two-on-one break. And he looked to Judd Caulfield and didn't pass it to him. He just wristed it and beat McIntyre top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. one nothing San Diego. And then they relaxed. The San Diego goals did what the Anaheim Ducks tend to do. Content with a one-goal lead. And Iowa tied it up. Jake Lucchini strikes again. Shots in that period were 19-9 Iowa. Iowa just kept plugging away again and again and again and again. And they finally broke through. Tied it up at one. San Diego blows a lead again. This is becoming a bad theme, isn't it? However, this one would not go to a shootout. This would end in overtime. Ryan O'Rourke scored in overtime with three and a half minutes left. Iowa wins this one 2-1 to one in overtime. I will give the goals credit. They went all out on that overtime. They didn't, you know, hold the puck. They didn't try to hold possession. They just went for it. <laughs> I mean, Zellweger had a great chance. Andrew Agazino had a great chance right away in overtime and just couldn't get it. And they were, they, they didn't wait. They just went for it right away try to get some good shots and they got burned by it but that happens when you try to go you know super risky and super just you know go all out so I'll, I'll give the goals credit they tried so they end the weekend with three points against the Iowa Wild and upcoming schedule for the San Diego goals is an interesting one because they have three games in four nights This coming Saturday and Sunday, they go to Abbotsford, B.C. to take on the Canucks. 
Saturday's game is a 7 p.m. start. Sunday's game is a 4 p.m. start. You can catch those games on AHL TV. Then both teams fly out to San Diego. Maybe some of them go on the same plane. Who knows? But Abbotsford will come to San Diego to play a game on Tuesday, the 23rd. That is a 7 p.m. puck drop. So three games against Abbotsford, a team that in the recent past they have struggled against. Abbotsford is a pretty solid team, by the way. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens on that. Once again, um, Abbotsford right now is fifth in the standings. San Diego is tied for last place in the Pacific, but they have games in hand. So by percentage points, hey, they're not in last place. Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, before we finish off the show, because this is, you know, talking about the American Hockey League, um, I feel that I do have to mention this because this does affect the America American Hockey League. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this because um, we had a pretty jarring death in the American Hockey League. Uh, Frank Torres, the vice president at, sorry, the VP of business operations for the San Jose Barracuda, uh, just passed away a couple days ago at the age of only 38. He had a very brief illness. Um, I knew Frank. He worked here at Coachella Valley last season. In fact, he was one of the first hires for the Firebirds at the start of last season. He was he was here when I started doing public address for the Firebirds. I've mentioned this in prior episodes. I came on on game three I came on December of 2022 and I would see Frank time and time again in the office super friendly guy um, like talking to him once in a while and for me to hear that news today um, that was that was a little bit shocking and we did have a moment of silence here for Frank before tonight's game here at Akrasher Arena he was instrumental in getting the ground running and there's a quote here from Scott Housen. Frank's passion and tireless dedication made our league better everywhere he worked. In San Antonio, he was an essential member of Spurs Sports and Entertainment's AHL sales operations for 13 years. In Coachella Valley, he helped the Firebirds gain a foothold in the community during the lead-up to their inaugural season. And in San Jose, Frank was entrusted with the task of leading the Barracuda front office into a new era as the organization opened TechCU Arena. We extend our deepest condolences to Frank's family, friends, and colleagues, end quote. I'm just going to end personal here and just end it quickly. Frank, Frank was a really good guy. And like the release said, it was a short illness. I, I'm I'm stunned. Frank was instrumental in getting the AHL All-Star Classic to San Jose this year. And, gosh, it, it, it makes me sad. It, it kind of breaks my heart that he doesn't get to see that through. He, behind the scenes, had a lot of tireless work to get that All-Star game in San Jose next month, the 2024 All-Star game. I know he would have been excited to see how that all would have materialized and I think he would have been excited to see what happens with the 2025 All-Star game here at Coachella Valley because that's, you know, he helped start everything here at Akrasher Arena at Coachella Valley and he helped just create an awesome atmosphere here and I'm, I, I am really sad to hear that news um, 
just to go really personal here, I got the script in front of me before the game. And when I read it, my initial reaction, I was, I was just shocked. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading and I couldn't believe that I was going to have to say it. Um, you know, we all miss you. So once again, um, Frank Torres passing away at the age of 38, just sad news in the American hockey league and especially in the Pacific division. I think we're just gonna wrap it up there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, you can find this podcast free and available on all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at SimpyJD. If you want to drop an email, LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And once again, we send our condolences to the entire Torres family. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks and Locked On Goals, I am Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please remember to be safe out there. Please be kind to one another. Um, send some good thoughts to the Torres family. And Ducks and Goals fly together.